Welcome to Back Porch Leadership, and I'm your host, Ken McQuiston. Here at Back Porch Leadership, we talk about leadership, character, culture, and those events that we've experienced along our way to help us and to help each other become better at what we do. We like to give people the opportunity to learn things that will help them to be better role models, leaders, and examples in both their personal and professional lives. So sit back, relax, and welcome to my back porch. Hey, good day, everybody. This is Ken, and welcome to the back porch. You know, first and foremost, uh, let's get this out of the way. I, I know it's been a little while since I've recorded an episode, but uh, I had some medical issues that I had to take care of. I had to get that taken care of, get it out of the way, and it took me a little while to, to get over that. So uh, I'm back, and hopefully going forward, we'll get an episode at least at least twice a month, maybe even more often than that, depending on what's going on in the world, uh, so we can kind of have our discussions. Also looking forward in 2021 to having some guests. The last time I had a guest with uh, Tony Brinkley, it was very well received, very popular, and I would like to continue that so we can get some different perspectives and, and have some other people listening as well. But I've got to tell you another thing that has caused me great concern and great thought over the last couple of months has been the events on the 6th of January in Washington, D.C. that is being referred to globally as the United States insurrection. Now, I want to make sure as we get going that I don't want anybody to think that I'm taking sides. My political views are my political views. I'm not taking the sides of the Democrats, Republicans, the left side of the aisle, right side of the aisle, red states, blue states, none of that at all. But what I want to focus on today are some of the lessons from the events that either took place on that day or led up to that day that we as leaders, role models, mentors, and basically just people, that we could hopefully learn something from those events and hopefully not see an event like that happen again. Now, granted, There are passionate feelings on both sides of the issue. I applaud that. We live in a country that allows us to have our own feelings and our own preferences about what we think and how we think things should be. But at the same time, think of all of the responsibility and accountability that we as leaders also have. And we not only impact, but we also influence people in all walks of life, in all events around their lives. And when we talk about the events that led up to that day, very challenging election process, highest voter turnout, I believe, in the history of our nation. And when the results were announced, it was not very fondly received. Lots of emotion around the country, uh, lots of anger. And of course, the folks that were on the side of the victor, they themselves had feelings as well. 
has did all of us. There were families divided. There were friendships dissolved. There were business partners who had had disagreements on the way that they feel that the country was going. And to be quite frank, it was a very tumultuous time. It still remains that in many sections of our lives. Well, that being said, the position I want to take on this topic is hopefully from the perspective of what we as young leaders or even more seasoned leaders can learn from the influences in our lives. I know that when I was a kid, I was very fortunate that I had picked a group of people to be friends with that were basically a bunch of guys and gals that like playing sports, having a good time, and things like that, and weren't too, you know, didn't get in trouble all that much, didn't didn't wind up in the back of a police car, well, maybe a couple of times, but, you know, didn't have criminal histories, didn't have drug records or, or things like that. So I consider myself pretty blessed. Now, I can't say that it was the same for everybody I knew, and even in my own family. Uh, some folks had made some challenging choices. But the thing I want to bring the light to is that remember all the things that happened, whether it's January 6th of 2021, or at any point in time in our lives, so we as leaders are not only responsible for molding, shaping, influencing, and encouraging people, but we're also accountable for those things that we mold, shape, and encourage people to do. I know that I've been very fortunate that, you know, whether it was my family or whether it was in my military career or even after that, I've had a lot of really good role models around me that when I was getting ready to make probably a, a turn in my personal life or professional life that wasn't that well thought out, that I had people around me that would encourage me and support me and sometimes kick me in the ass to get me going in the right direction. It became a point in my life that I looked to those people that had more experience, had more knowledge, more background in a particular topic, process, or just flat out experience leading people that would seek them out and try to get their perspective and use their perspective, not as to blindly follow, but use it in a way to make my own decisions based on knowledge and experience of others. Now, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, people are saying that, you know, some of the speeches that were given by our former president incited the riot, incited the insurrection, flat out encouraging people to go to march on the Capitol and, and stop the vote certification and hopefully, you know, try to get then-President Trump to stay in the White House. And granted, 
for all the people that went out and voted, I, I applaud you. I being one of them. I I took the vote seriously. Uh, I made my choice. I cast my ballot, just like everybody else did. But the one thing that was different about this election and all the elections prior to this is I had never seen in my lifetime a situation or a challenge where a person or people were encouraging folks to not only resist the outcome that the people had made, but do everything in their power to stop it. Like, right, we get back to that whole thing about emotion and, and people's tempers, and I guess you could say their blood pressure is rising. They thought the right thing to do was to go to the Capitol building, try to disrupt the certification of the election, and hopefully have the outcome of the election shifted to the other side. Now, how did that happen? How did that come about? At least from my perspective, from all of the things that you would see online, listen in the news, conversations with different groups of people, or even from the candidates themselves, talking on TV or reading things that they wrote on the internet. We were influencing them. We were influencing voters, which is part of the political process. You're trying to encourage people to select you or the party that you represent so that person could stay in a position of responsibility, accountability, and power. But the thing that brought the most concern to me is that I personally felt that there was tr they were trying to incite violence. And sadly, people in that group, whether it's perception or reality, felt the same and began inflicting harm on those people being paid to protect our legal process and our government process. When I watched American citizens storm up the stairs of the Capitol building, literally beat in the doors, finally getting into the building, causing destruction and injury, and sadly, the deaths of five people, it truly, truly broke my heart. And I know from a military perspective, the, the one young woman who was shot while trying to break through the glass of uh, one of the secured areas in the Capitol building was actually an Air Force veteran. I didn't know her, but I knew she once wore the same uniform that I did. And as I watched that, 
My heart broke not just for the woman and her family, but even for the person at the other end of the weapon who felt that their only need, their only option, was to pull the trigger and end that woman's life. When and how did we get to a position where we felt like that was the only option that either side had? When did the people who were storming those stairs stop and think about the people that they were about to inflict harm on with their fellow citizens? Now, granted, I am all for defending freedom. I'm all for defending the Constitution. Hell, I did it for almost 30 years. And it may, to some of you, sound hypocritical. Here's a guy from the military who is paid to go to war talking about people who are trying to defend their right to be free. But from where I sit, there was no threat on anybody's freedom. It was simply that we didn't like the outcome of an election. But as we talk about that, as we talk about that day, what got us to that point that we as leaders can take away from and ensure that we don't ever put the people that we lead, motivate, and inspire in a spot to do something similar? Because what's done is done. Can't go back and change the 6th of January. But hopefully we can learn from it going forward. So here's my thoughts. For us as leaders, we need to never forget that the words that we say, the actions that we take, the things that we write, could be interpreted or understood by different people in different ways. We may say something that could cause people to think that they have to do something to react to it that may negatively impact everything and everybody. So I've remembered a phrase from my military days, it was called commander's intent. That's where the commander would give their direction over what they needed to have done, and they would empower the workforce, the rest of the unit, to do their jobs to be able to meet the commander's intent. Sometimes people would understand things differently, and the commander would have to clarify what his exact desires were. But at the end of the day, you always wanted a clear commander's intent to ensure that the rest of the organization was doing those things that they needed to do. So going forward, granted, I'm not going to have anybody listen to my podcast who's an elected official or anything like that. I mean, I I got that. I'm not there. 
I'm not at a point where I'm going to have those types of people listening. But I will tell you this. Just because somebody's a senator, a congressman, an attorney general, a secretary of state, a chairman of the Joint Chiefs, or even the, the, the president themselves, their responsibility and accountability is no different than ours. We just do ours to a different group of people. Think about this. Give some thought to the fact that the things that happened that day, whether you were one of the ones running up the stairs or one of the ones trying to defend from people trying to get into the Capitol building, are you proud of what you did? I remember when I was, when when the internet was first becoming a thing, I had a person tell me, you know, it's it's really easy to write a hurtful or a painful post or an email, hit send to get it off your chest. And nine times out of 10, after you hit send, you're going to wait a little while and you're going to realize, I probably shouldn't have sent that. Or I probably shouldn't have wrote that or verbalized that. But once the damage is done, it's done. You can't unhit a pothole. You can't unblow through a stop sign. You can't undo something wrong to make it right. All you can do is hope that in the future that you don't make the same mistake twice. Because where I come from, you do something once, it's a mistake. You do it more than once, it's a habit. So let me just offer a couple of thoughts on how we can avoid being in a position where we could incite, encourage people to do things that after you think through them, may not have been the best thing to do. First and foremost, have a clear intent. When you talk to your people that work for you, or even when you're dealing with family members or your children, make sure that you're clear in your direction and desire of what you want to see have happen. Being clear and being focused is vitally important to the outcome. It leaves no question to the people you're leading or encouraging or motivating about what your expectation is. Two, take the emotion out of the equation. Make sure that the things that you're saying that you've given a lot of thought to and thought through the process, even trying to think about what the people this will impact will do or say in response to it. Are you always going to get it right? No, you're not. But you need to think about it. Third, and this comes from another old military phrase, no plan is perfect. You know you're going to have to go back and do something to correct. Don't be afraid 
to correct your course if you need to. Don't be afraid to say, maybe this wasn't the right choice. We need to rethink this approach and then re-engage. We are all human beings in this process. We all make mistakes. There's not a one of us that is not flawed in some way, shape, or form. So let's not shy away from that fact and knowing that sometimes we have to correct our course. Four, never be the person that wants to incite an event or activity that could cause physical or emotional harm on another person. Now, granted, I don't think that everybody who was storming up those stairs on the 6th of January had the intent of hurting someone. I think a lot of them were just truly passionate folks that were trying to get a point across, and the event got out of hand and got way out of hand. Because when we remember earlier when we talked about being responsible and accountable, there's a large number of people who were involved in that event on the 6th of January that are no doubt right now rethinking that approach that they took because of the damage and pain that their actions meant to other people and even to their futures. Responsibility and accountability is a huge thing for us, especially for us that are in leadership roles. And the last thing I offer is this. When you make a statement, take an action, encourage, inspire, is it something that you think your family, your children, your grandchildren, would be proud of if they see it show up in the paper or on TV, or in this case, on the internet. Try to think about what the actions that you take will do to influence other people in what they do. You remember earlier I made the comment about, hey, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you do it? But just remember, sometimes people will do things you do because they think it's the right thing to do. But if you think through it, you take the emotion out of it, try to put yourself in the place of the other person, and you're not trying to incite physical or mental harm, the decision that you make is more likely than not going to be okay. It's going to be an okay decision. As long as you took all those considerations into, into your mind when you're making it. You know, I'd be lying to you if I told you that not only was I heartbroken on that day, that I shed more than a single tear, because I did. As I watched people 
being beaten with things like hockey sticks and flagpoles and having their helmets ripped off, having windows broken, having lives shattered, watching five people lose their life for one reason or another, watching the professional and personal lives of many of those folks now impacted forever because of the events of a single day. I'm not going to put myself in the place of all those people that are now being impacted, but I'm willing to bet that there's a large number of them that are sitting somewhere right now saying, I wish I'd have never done that. Like I said, I'm not a perfect guy. Never going to claim to be. But I will tell you this. I'd like to think that as I've had more than my fair share of laps around the sun, that I've learned some things along the way that would prevent me from making some of those types of decisions. That doesn't make me any better. doesn't make me any worse than anybody else. But at the end of the day, I just hope that we as a nation can recover. You see, right now, we are on the world stage, but not for the right reason. Freedom and democracy is the whole thing that attracts people to want to come to our country. When we think about what the forefathers of our country thought about when they wrote things like the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, the last thing any of them would want to see was when the people of our country did some of the things that they did on that day. So I hope that going forward that we as a nation can have trust and faith in each other to believe that the political system that we have is not rigged to one side or another, that our legal system even with its flaws, is better than the other countries that are out there. That we fairly treat everyone. And we do so with respect. You know, I have uh, three grandkids. Two boys and a girl. And I know at some point in time in my life that they're going to ask me about that day and what happened. Just like I know they're going to ask me about what happened on September 11th, 2001. And I hope that I'll be able to explain it to them in a way that they will understand what had happened and why. But I will tell you, as of today, I don't know if I could explain it to them and tell them why it happened. I just can't.
So my hope for all of you and for all of us is that not just from the 6th of January events, but from every event that we're involved and engaged in, whether we're doing it as leaders or followers, that the lessons that we learn from those events are lessons that we can use to mold, guide, and shape how we carry forward as leaders. And hopefully, the lessons that we have learned will help us not to repeat some of those actions in our lives that we look at and know that they might have been wrong. So with all that being said, I hope you were able to take something from this first episode of 2021. Oh my goodness, I almost said 2001. And I hope that going forward this year, we can have more positive conversations. So with that, we're going to wrap it up for this week. I'm sorry if it was a, you know, a, kind of a a down episode, but I thought it was important to talk about. And thanks to all those folks out there that reached out to me about my my medical issue and and with your kind words, I couldn't tell you enough how much it meant to me. And to all you folks out there listening, please give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. And uh, hopefully as we go forward, uh, we'll do more and more every, every episode and make it a little bit better. So for me, Thanks for visiting my back porch. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Lead on. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week and listening to our episode on Back Porch Leadership. I'd really love to get your feedback on how we can improve the show and make it better. So please feel free to get me at ken.mcquiston.com at gmail.com or you can get me on Twitter at sign Chief Ken McHugh and we'd love to get your feedback. You know, maybe there's a topic you'd like to talk about. Maybe you can let me know what you think about the show, about the format and how we're doing things. Just love to hear from you. So if you get a chance, reach out and look forward to seeing you next time on the back porch.